everybody hope your day is going good this is your host abby shepherd welcome to the coffee house if you're a first time listener then welcome and i hope you enjoy this very first episode you might be wondering what's it about well it's about my friends and i and we're just talking about life you know you ever have one of those days my very first guest today is a childhood friend of mine i have known her it seems like forever and she is also a cross-country superstar without further ado Abby Fair, everybody. Hey, Abby, how are you doing? Good, how are you? <laughs> I'm good. So you were talking about how CrossFit just, uh, not CrossFit, Cross Country just ended. So kind of tell us about that. How did you feel about that? Um, honestly, I didn't think it would happen this year because of COVID, because I thought like all sports were going to be canceled, but like even mountain biking was canceled, right? Yes, yeah. But they kind of, like, thought of new guidelines, I guess. Like, at the start, we had to wear masks and all that, and we didn't get to go to as many races. I think I got to go to, like, five races, which was good. I feel that it was probably, like, my best season so far. Um, Just because I, like, focused on my own race, I wasn't focused on anyone else. I kind of just focused on myself. Yeah. So, so yeah. how was the racing? Because you just mentioned that you had to wear masks at the start line, but I'm assuming you didn't have to wear them during the race. That yeah, sounds horrible. so you had to wear your mask, like, walking around the facility where you were racing, but once it got to, like, race time, you would have your mask on at the start, and you're put into, like, boxes is what they call them, hmm. and they were, like, six feet apart this year, so that was kind of nice. You didn't have to, like, elbow people, but... Then they go secure your mask and you like put it on your arm and then they shoot the gun and you go. And when you finish, you have to put it on right after, which kind of sucks. But So how many races did you do this season? Because I saw in the paper that you were mentioned like there was one at Hillcrest, I think, and then you went somewhere for not states, but before it was like a regional. Regional. Yeah. So I did Fruta, which was just kind of like our first race, like it didn't really count for anything. And then I think we had Hillcrest, and then I feel like I'm missing one. We definitely did four because we had regional, oh, regionals, Southwest League, and state. So we won Southwest League, I'm pretty sure. And we won regionals, and then we got fourth at state. So, yeah. That's awesome. So, like, how does, like, do you guys do, like, scoring by how each person, like, finishes? Is that how you can tell where your team, like, places overall? Yeah. So, like, the higher place you finish, the less points you count for. And whichever team has, like, the least amount of points, like, wins. Kind of like like, golf. Yeah. (laughs) Yeah, it's kind of confusing, but, like, the coaches usually, like, when all their people finish, they can, like, know the score because they know what each place counts for, so. Nice. Yeah. And then with starting, did they have you guys still all start together, or was it kind of, like, staggered? Um, so in a few races, we all got to start together, but then at, like, state, we had to start in different waves and stuff, which was 
state was insane. There were like four different start lines, like all behind and in front of each other. And you had to like, you were like, I felt like a cow <laughs> because they were just like leading us around. And um, there were four different waves and none of my team was like in the same wave. So we were all like racing at different times, which was kind of sad because like a big part of cross country is the whole team thing. So. No, yeah. So like you mentioned like the team factor, even though running itself is an individual sport, like during a race, is it nice? Like maybe if you like are with a teammate for a little while and then you go off and leave, then maybe you find a second one or something. So like, how does strategy work in the racing? Yeah. So for like lower meets that don't count for as much, we try to race more in a pack and what, um, another thing they count for is like your pack time as a whole. And at state DHS actually got the best pack time because we've been like so close with all our times and everything. And when you're racing, you usually have someone that's like pretty much like the same like speed as you and you kind of like go off of each other. And it's super helpful when you're struggling and you have someone there to like push you and like encourage you to keep going or stay with them. Like I know I've had a few races where like Maddie Persing, she's like my person that I've kind of always raced with and we kind of just go off of each other and when one of us is like struggling, we try to bring that person like along with us. So yeah, that's a really big thing. Nice. So where was States? Um, State was in Colorado Springs at this equestrian center. I know, it's kind of, it like smells like horse poop. Yeah, I didn't even know they had an equestrian center. And I like- It's really pretty. There's like a creek running through it and I don't think we run in the equestrian center the entire time because there's like a trail around it too, like a dirt path kind of, but we start in the equestrian center and end in like the stadium. Oh, wow. It would be like ending in the fairgrounds thing. That's exciting. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. So are people allowed to come and watch your races or is it just you and the team? Um, so it kind of depended on like the city's regulations that we were going to. Like I know, um, at Hillcrest, like Durango, we obviously don't have as many regulations. So like anyone could come watch. They just have to wear a mask. Like when they're in the race and like practice social distancing. But then when we went to regionals, we were only allowed to have like one guest per athlete, which no one followed, but I followed it. Of course you did. (laughs) (laughs) But um, yeah, so they wanted that to happen, but it didn't, so. Yeah, Yeah. and how important is kind of that cheering aspect that you're like, because, like, I know, like, personally, when I'm out in breakers, it's nice to have people cheer me on during the race. So, like, maybe even before, because you've done previous seasons where you've raced cross-country where COVID wasn't a factor in that. So maybe how important is that, having people on the sideline? Yeah, I feel like this year, actually, there was more cheering because we got to go to races that were more in our region. Like, usually, sometimes we'll go to, like, Phoenix to race. And a lot of parents can't take like the whole, like half the week and the whole weekend off to go watch you race for 20 minutes. 
so you don't get as much like Durango support but like this year we had Hillcrest so like a lot of the high school came and there was cheering everywhere and I feel like it helps so much like it just like you don't want to be passed when you're getting cheered on by someone you know so it makes you like push to be even faster yeah, and harder it makes you push and it just makes you feel good like it gives you adrenaline I feel like that's awesome and so like did most of your friends I'm assuming your mom and your brother came to almost every race right no. No? <laughs> my mom went to regionals, and then my dad went to state, and my dad went to Hillcrest, too. But they didn't drive to Fruta. I don't know. I don't think having my parents there, like, does anything for me. Some people, like, have to have their parents there. Like, mm -hmm. they feel like they're going to do bad if they don't have their parents there. But my parents, like, don't know a lot about cross-country, so they don't, like, give me strategies or anything. Yeah. They're like, run fast. I'm yeah. like, okay, I'm trying. <laughs> you're like, you're not much help, but yeah. um, thanks for coming. <laughs> yeah, but having them watch those few races was nice, especially state, because I felt like I had a really strong race, and people can, like, tell when you have a good race. Yeah. So, yeah, about results. So, like, what do you think was your highlight for at least this season, like your best result? Um, so on paper, it probably doesn't look like my best result, but state was my best race. I feel like I can't really go off of like what place I got because there were so many fast girls. There was a freshman that ran like 17 something. I ran a 2012 and crazy. I got 30th overall, which is decent like I wasn't really hoping to place well like I got up to the start line and there was this girl named Taylor James like standing next to me and I was in wave two so I was like the second fastest wave and I was like oh why are you in this heat like she's so fast so like the first wave was like super fast but I just felt like my race strategy was probably the best. Like, my first mile, I was like, okay, I'm going really fast. Like, I was going a six-minute mile. And that includes, like, all these hills and stuff, which is pretty fast, I guess, for, like, a hilly course. And I was like, oh, no, I'm going to blow up. Like, bye, good time. Like, bye, feeling good. But I felt good until the finish. So yeah. I felt like that was my strongest race. That's good, yeah. Have you ever actually blown up in a race and just been like, I don't know if I can physically finish this race? <laughs> yes, so many so many times. Like, I know when I go out too fast, like, I definitely blow up. Like, pre-state last year, I blew up really bad. And that's also at the state course. It's, like, the first meet of the season, which we didn't get to do this year. But... There's, like, this one section that's just, like, a straightaway, and there's usually no one there cheering, so, like, you're just, like, oh, my gosh, I could just, like, pull off now, and no one would know. Yeah, just but, like, I'm gonna go sit down and have a yeah, break. Yeah, I, like, a lot of times during the race, I'm, like, what could I do to disqualify myself right now, because it just hurts so bad, and I've blown up, but I've always finished a race, so that's good. <laughs> That is good. So what initially got you actually into racing cross country in the first place? Like, where did it all start, let's just say? 
Um, well, <clears throat> I did mountain biking for a while. <laughs> and then I was doing mountain biking in middle school track. Middle school track was where I like started running, I guess. And I really liked doing long distances. Like the mile was my main thing. And I was pretty good at it for a middle schooler, I guess. And then everyone was like, you should do cross country. Like you're super good at long distance. So I was like, okay. And so I started my freshman year of high school. And I thought it was gonna be like running on single track trails, like a ton of hills, but it's like not like that. It's just like flat golf courses. So that's probably why Durango's like pretty good at it because we train at like test tracks. Like our easy days are in test tracks. Which is cool. Yeah, how is an average practice? Because I'm not a runner, so and I probably will yeah. never run, no offense. That's why I like have so much like respect for you. <laughs> Cause yeah. it's like I cannot imagine like running like how many miles is like a typical race? Um, so every race is five K, so that's three point one miles. Yeah, no, I'd be walking that entire <laughs> thing. That's not happening for me. So Yeah. Yeah, how is the average practice looking like? Um, so I guess it depends on your coach, and I've had the same coach, like, all three years of high school, and I'm assuming he'll be back for my fourth year, and we usually just, like, all gather at the start of practice and kind of talk about, like, what the week holds for us and, like, if we have any upcoming meets, and we also talk about where we're ranked in the state and kind of how that's going to affect our race and how we're ranked going into a race. So we can kind of work on race strategy. So if we're ranked like first, like people think we're going to get first at a meet based on like our stats, then we try to race as like a pack like I was talking about earlier. But if we are ranked lower and we want to like get first, then we kind of have to like rely on our really fast runners to kind of go out and run a really good race but um and then depending on if it's a workout day or non-workout day we'll do core and we all hate it and our coaches hate us during core because we do so many push-ups we're like how are push-ups gonna help us run but it's helps our arms I guess I guess so getting super buff <laughs> yeah and so on our recovery day we'll go for like a easy 45 minute run wherever we want or sometimes we'll like go for a hike like a pox back or something and then on a workout day our coach will like formulate a workout like some examples we've done 800 repeats or like tempo runs which are like slower than race pace but still like a pretty good effort so yeah it kind of just depends on the day and like the race coming up so I think overall did you have like a good season yeah despite everything that's going on I feel like it was a really good season like it probably was as normal as it could have gone and nice and then now you're saying since it's over you're kind of like, what do I do now? Because it's not winter just yet, but... Yeah, so... And I only do two days of school, so I'm, like, 
at home and then usually I would go to practice but now I'm just at home all day and like yeah I hang out with my friends and stuff but we have homework and just other things going on so yeah I'm kind of just ready for ski season. <laughs> That's right and then so because of COVID you do on are you doing in-person or online? Because I know DHS gave an option to each of their students. Yeah, so I'm doing blended, actually. So I go Monday and Tuesday, and then Wednesday, Thursday, and Friday. I'm home doing, like, Zooms with my class and working through a program called It's Learning, which is kind of hard to navigate, and no one likes it. But I feel like they're just trying to smooth things out, but I kind of want to switch to full-time because I feel like it'll benefit me more as a student. Full-time online or full-time? Full-time in person. In per wow, okay. Yeah. It's so funny, too, because I've heard the opposite of, of other people that are going to JHS that they like the online better than the in-person. So, yeah, tell us, like, why do you think the in-person would be better um, for you? I feel like at the start, I was like, oh, my gosh, I do not like, like the people in my cohort. Like, I wasn't really friends with them. But I feel like our cohort has really like come together. I feel like that's a big like plays a big part in why people either like it or don't like it. Like some people have a lot of friends in their cohort and others don't have a lot of friends. But also online, a lot of my teachers like suck at technology. Like my math teacher refuses to let me teach her how to screen share. And I'm like, I can't do math just listening to you talk. So I think just going full in person, I would get like better quality learning. But then there is that also aspect too that you may have a higher risk of being exposed to COVID because yeah. there's that part where we're like, even though maybe you're not friends with those of the people in your core heart, you don't know what they've been doing. Like an yeah. example was, I don't think if you know, but at Animus, apparently somebody... We have had three positive uh, tests for COVID cases, I should say, not tests. But with that came consequence in the whole entire senior and sophomore classes have to be shut down all the way, I think, until like November or something because of some people's actions. So are you worried about that? Or do you think maybe people have enough knowledge to kind of like be aware of who they're surrounding themselves with? And um, I think because my cohort and I have actually like kind of discussed this because I know last weekend like it was a big thing with like the animus people and people going to parties which you would be like why are you doing that during COVID? I don't know what people were thinking but um, yeah my cohort and I have kind of talked about it and they're all like pretty mellow people like I don't see many of them like partying. But you never know, like, who they're hanging out with and if those people went to parties. But I know there's a few people in my class who, like, have gone to parties, which is kind of, like, concerning that they're not, like, taking into account, like, others. Because my team and I were, like, kind of upset with the people throwing these huge parties. There was one, like, three weeks ago, I think, and it was huge. There were like 70 people there, and a ton of people that we ran with were going, 
and if one person tests positive on our team, we have to quarantine, and that was, like, right before state, so we would have had to miss state if anything happened. So I think people are kind of just, like, being selfish, but if we can... I think those animus kids testing positive really, like, scared people. Like, they're like, we can't go to parties. Like, it's a real thing still. Yeah. No, yeah, I totally agree with that. No, yeah, and it stinks, too, because it's, like, it's, like, a ripple effect, because, like you're saying, it's, like, it not only affects them, it affects you, it affects your team. Like you said, you would have to miss states, and that's, like, a big opportunity that you would have possibly missed, but thankfully none of that happened, right? Yeah. So, it's good. And then you said earlier that you were kind of struggling with the online aspect, so, like, are you struggling because you're not used to maybe being online, or is it just, like, you were kind of saying, like, you can't really learn when you're just listening to somebody? Yeah, I feel like I'm, like, a pretty visual learner, I guess, so it helps, like, see what the teachers are writing on the board, and we do have smart boards, but a lot of the teachers, like, don't want to learn how to work technology, because it's just another complication to their already, like, super complicated year, which I understand, but, like, they're there for the students, and they're not just there for in-person students. So I feel like I'm just having a hard time getting, like, the full aspect of school. Like, I feel like I'm missing half the class just because I'm not, like, sitting in front of the board. And sometimes they there's, like, complications with Zoom. Like, it shuts off or your computer dies and you have to, like, plug it in and restart the whole thing. Or sometimes teachers just forget to start it. So, I don't know. I think kind of the whole thing is difficult. Yeah. And do you think motivation also plays into that? Because I know from experience that um, some of the some of my other classmates, they're saying, like, maybe, like, 30 or 45 minutes into a class. I mean, they've already lost interest because it's just so long. Like, how long is an average yeah. class for you? Our classes, we do block schedules this year. I don't know if Amnes did that in the past or not. I don't think we did. No. We're doing something totally weird yeah. this year. Um, so we are on a block schedule. So we get two different classes a day. And then we have one class that stays the same, which is an elective. And... Um, our classes are an hour and 30 minutes, which is so long compared to last year. Our classes were only 50 minutes. And I feel like teachers, like, they weren't trained to do a block schedule, so they don't have, like, enough stuff for us to do. Like, especially at the beginning of the year, we would do, like, an hour of class and then just sit there and, like, stare at each other for the last 30 minutes because teachers are like, what am I supposed to do, like... I don't have anything planned for this long, so, yeah. Yeah. Yeah, and then are there, like, certain subjects that are, like, even hard to teach online? Like, you were saying, like, math was, like, one of them. Like, kind of, like, you can't learn math just by listening. You kind of have to see it. Yeah, I feel like math is probably the hardest. Yeah, and I'm sure, like, people in, like, calculus. I don't know how they're doing that, but... Yeah, math is probably the hardest because it's such a visual thing. Like, I'm supposed to tutor this fifth grader in math over Zoom, and I'm like, how am I supposed to do that? Guess you have to get a whiteboard. Yeah. <laughs> Hold it up to the screen. It's like, all right. Yeah. 
So I understand that winter is coming around the corner, and you said that you alpine ski, but you're not a big fan of Nordic skiing. Yeah, um, because I'm like have endurance. <laughs> you cross country race, so of course you have endurance. <laughs> um, I've had like Nordic coaches come up to me and be like, "You should do Nordic," and I've I've been like, "No." Like, at Hillcrest, someone's Nordic coach came up to me. Because my friend Hallie, the Moors, are really into Nordic skiing. And she introduced me to her coach. She's like, you should do Nordic skiing. And I was like, no, I like downhill skiing too much. Where do you even Nordic ski? You can Nordic ski at Hillcrest. You can Nordic ski up at actually Purgatory. It's just across the way, like, literally. Yeah. And it's super fun, though. I mean, I think you'd be really good at it, too, because, like you said, you have that endurance. Because it's, yeah. it's literally just kind of like running, but you're on tiny little skis, and you're skating. And it's fun. Is so. that different than skate skiing and cross-country skiing? I don't know. That's a good question. <laughs> I personally... So there's two types of Nordic skiing. There's classic, and then there's skate. So with classic, you have, like, different skis and you have to like lift up your foot i don't know it's really hard i don't like it skating is kind of like what you're saying it's kind of like running you're kind of like gliding and pushing off and using your arms and everything too and it's a good workout you could do it half and half you could be like nordic ski in the morning training yes you could nordic ski in the morning and then like alpine ski in the afternoon what do you think maybe Maybe. You'll have to take videos of me trying to <laughs> Like, the struggle is real. It's okay, though. <laughs> no, yeah. Well, I mean, and the downhills one might be easier for you, too, because you have that downhill um, skiing aspect, because you're on a lot skinnier skis, but at the same time, I think, since you've been downhilling longer than you have Nordic, that it might be helping with you with a downhill. I don't know. That's what yeah. I noticed. Yeah. When did you start Nordic skiing? I was kind of... So, like, there was two sports I was forced to do from the minute I was little. It was skiing and biking. <laughs> My parents, they said they would not have a child if they did not know how to ski or bike. It's kind of funny. So it's funny. I have this funny picture too of my mom and I, when I first started Nordic skiing, I had these little, I was like probably like, I think three or four. Mm-hmm. I had these little tiny skis on and I had pigtails and I just had this face of like, why in the heck are you making me do this? <laughs> I used to despise it. Hate's a strong word, guys, but despise it. <laughs> but I think I got, the more I was kind of forced to do it, the more I actually started to enjoy it. It wasn't until I think last year where I did this program called WACO with the Nordic team. WACO, I pretty much did it for biking because it was a nice cross training, but I think I just fell more in love with it than I realized. So it's, and the thing too with Nordic, it's like, it's hard, but I think once you get it, you can start like finding the joy in it. So, yeah, and like I've seen pictures in the places where you get to go look really pretty. Like it's like hiking on skis, kind of. Kind of, yeah. Running on skis. Yeah, and and you run, so I mean, that's perfect. (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) Yeah, so how did you get into downhill skiing, let's just say? Um, kind of the same thing. My parents. Like, my dad took me out when I was, like, two or three and put me on some skis and put me down the bunny hill. Did he, like, give you a little nudge or did he just push you? I don't remember. We have a picture, and I'm, like, in the splits on the bunny hill. It looks like I can't do the splits even close. I don't know how I did it when I was little. 
And then I did like all the ways, I did all the snow burners and then ATP and then I did like race tigers and then the race team and then free ride. And now I ski on my own, which I like a lot better. That's right, you did do free ride. So when did you start free ride? I think in eighth grade maybe. I think I did it for two years, like eighth and ninth grade I did it. And I liked it a lot. I just felt like as I like grew up, it was kind of annoying to like be followed around by a coach the whole weekend while you're trying to ski, you know? You didn't like that aspect of it? No. You're it's like, a lot more fun to ski with my friends. Nice. Did you know anybody on the free ride team? Yeah, I knew like Aaliyah and who else did I know? I feel like there were other people I knew. And I was, I don't know if I was in the same group as Aaliyah though, so maybe I didn't know that many people in my group. Yeah. But I knew people like on the act, like the whole team as a whole. Yeah, did you go to any competitions or did you just kind of do it as a recreational? I just did it as a recreational thing. The competition seemed scary. Like you just ski down like this face with like cliffs and I did the competitions at Perk and those were fine they were kind of scary though what kind of runs did you do we did lower lower Hades I think and they like I think you can like see the jumps like they built them every year like kind of at the middle of the run so you would like start where paradise ends kind of like at that weird like hill thing and then there's the cat track and then lower hades so you start up there and like ski down and they you have to like choose a line and then you jump off the jumps and try to do a trick could you learn any tricks <laughs> i could try to do like a spread eagle i think how'd it go <laughs> i just couldn't like um like do the splits very far. You're like, I'm not that flexible, but I'll try. Yeah. yeah. But, nice. Yeah. Nice. So do you have, like, a group of friends that you kind of go up and ski with, or do you, is it, or is it, like, one friend, or, like, maybe three? Um, I have one main friend. We're, like, the same level ski, skier, which is nice, because, like, we don't have to wait for each other, and we're just, like can do any run and it's just super easy like it's like skiing with my dad I feel like um and I have a few other friends that ski but I don't think they're like at that same level but it's fun to ski with different people yeah and then do you have that patience if you have a friend that's kind of a little bit slower than you or are you kind of like I'll see you at the bottom kind of like that (laughs) well a funny story (laughs) um I'm friends with these two kids who moved, one's from Kentucky, and the other one is from Nebraska. So Interesting. So, like, two flat places, and they've never skied before, and they were so excited to ski, and I was like, oh, God. And they wanted me to teach them, me and my f- two other friends, and so we're like, okay, like, it can't be that hard to teach, like these 16 year old guys how to ski oh boy but they were so bad and they didn't listen either 
they like thought they knew. That's a total guy thing, though, to be like, yeah, yeah, I know, I don't need help. And yeah, they're just- like, no, we've got it. I'm like, no, you've never skied. You're literally from Kentucky. Like, it's flat there. <laughs> but we took them to Paradise, and they, I was trying to teach them, like, turns, like, how I remember getting taught in snowburn, snowburners, like, across the entire hill. And they would just go straight down and crash, and then... Like, their skis, it was such a nightmare. But I don't have patience when it comes to, like... Really? Because you seem like you could be a very patient person. Maybe if it was, like, someone who, like, could get down the mountain by themselves, like, I would wait for them then. But, like, being a ski instructor, no. So do you have more respect for ski instructors now? Yeah. Like, I don't know how they deal with, like, like how they're not mean to people they don't know. Oh, I know. It's like the. It's like everybody knows that time where. So in Durango, we're pretty much a big tourist town, and we get waves of tourists. And I think during the winter, um, correct me if I'm wrong, people down in Texas, you guys have spring break, so you some most of you come here and you come to the mountain. <laughs> and I, I'm not harping on you guys. I'm just saying. <laughs> It can be pretty eventful up in the mountain. Don't you agree when the Texas people come? Yeah, like, anyone who's not from Colorado, like, it's eventful. Like, one time on Christmas, there was this girl from Florida, and she was crying on the backside. She's like, I can't get down the mountain, and I just I just want to open my Christmas present. So we like, we're like, just follow all the cat tracks. And she's like, thank you. But... Yeah, I feel like it, like my friend and I were talking about it the other day, it takes a lot of guts, like even driving over like Red Mountain to get here, like that must be so scary for them. Especially if they're like, if they're not used to like driving mountain passes, I mean like, because Texas and Florida, I mean those are like big cities, I mean they're, so. Yeah, so I think. States, not cities, sorry about that. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, I think it's cool that they come, like it. Yeah. It's kind of brave. Yeah. So you're like, it's like you're commending them for coming because it's brave, but you're also like, like my gosh, out. yeah, <laughs> like have a warning sign or something. Yeah. Yeah. I've seen some pretty bad crashes with um, people when they come and visit. I don't mean to be mean to Texas, but it's mostly Texas people. Yeah. Like I remember this one time, my friend and I, we were. Um, they are, I think it was on a powder day or something. And I think it was this Texas lady and she was just learning how to ski. And I think it was like on Upper Hades. And so she came over the, the knoll, like, you know how like Upper Hades, they kind of have like, yeah. you can go on those steep knolls. Yeah. So she came over the knoll and she didn't know how to like slow down. So she literally was like straight lining down this <laughs> knoll towards my friend. And I had to give a forewarning, but he, they collided. They full on hit each other. It was like yard sale with both of them. Yeah. It was crazy. Like, like poles went everywhere, skis went everywhere. All I saw was like the cloud of powder. I was like, what happened? And I look around, I'm like, oh, this is not good. Yeah. So. Yeah. I feel like they need to learn how to stop better. <laughs> but I mean, they are just learning, so. Yeah, and some of them have been come because I work at the rental shop, too. That's right. She has a job, people. I need a job. <laughs> um, you could come work with us. That might be a good idea. <laughs> I might take you up on that later. Um, 
but some of them have been coming for like five years and they like are pretty like decent skiers for how little they've skied just yeah. because they come up like every consecutive yeah. it's like their uh, vacation getaway almost like they yeah. know like okay we're going to narango it's like we know the town like the area so yeah like you're saying they get used to it yeah and it's nice because they like keep our economy running and That's true. the texas people sorry to like California and other people but the Texas people are so nice they have such good manners <laughs> and they're just so polite like everyone gives Texans a bad rap but they're really nice people you hear that Texas <laughs> tip me <laughs> <laughs> yes everybody just kidding leave, everybody leave a comment that Abby Fair supports Texas people let's go <laughs> no yeah I kind of agree with you on that but at the same time, it's like you get like other, like you say, you get like Florida people, California people. Mm-hmm. I think everybody has like, I think I've run into a couple of people who have definitely, like you said, have been like rude and all that. But yeah, most of the time, tourists are, I think they're mostly just lost. And so that's why they're, they're just trying to help you. So, like, why wouldn't you be happy? Exactly, right? Unless you didn't want to be there, then that's something else. But <laughs> yeah. Or you don't like snow or skiing. Yeah, there's definitely been people who, like, come into the rental shop. They're like, it's so cold and I don't even like snow, but my parents dragged me here. Yeah, you're just like, I don't know what to tell you. Yeah, I'm like, you could sit in the hot tub at your hotel. Or <laughs> right, just go sit. Yeah. <laughs> Relax. There you go. Yeah, so how is it like working in a rental shop? Because you've been working there for a year, even more? Yeah, I've worked there one winter. And at first, it's kind of scary. Like, I've worked in restaurants before, so I kind of know, like, customer service stuff. But it's definitely, like, scary. Like, I don't talk, talking to people, just being like, okay, take your shoe off and let me measure your foot. And, like, if you mess up, too, it's scary. Because they'll be like, can I talk to your boss? I've never had that happen, but... People definitely have asked me to talk to my boss. Do you have any, like, funny stories that you've had working at the rental shop? Um, one time this kid, they don't really know how a ski boot's supposed to fit. And ski boots are uncomfortable. Like, they're tight, but they think they're supposed to be loose and, like, comfortable. And they'll, like, be, like angry if you put them in a tight boot so you're like okay whatever go out in a loose boot and come back and you're gonna have blisters and stuff and this one kid like refused to put on a tight boot so he was in like this really loose boot and he like came in threw his skis started like crying and like throwing his boots because his feet hurt so bad oh my god you're gonna be angry in your mind you're like i told you so so yeah but yeah some people know how they fit like we have performance boots and those are like (laughs) tighter and like better skiers and people that know how ski boots are supposed to fit like we'll get those ones I feel like skewbits are always going to be, like, super uncomfortable, no matter how many times they try to make them comfortable. Because, like you're saying, they have to be tight. So it's just, like... Yeah. Like, yeah. I guess you could snowboard if you want comfortable boots. I guess so. But 
snowboarders, skiers and snowboarders kind of at our mountain have like, not this debate, but we kind of like, we have, I don't know, especially on powder days, we're kind of like, not enemies, but (laughs) we just don't like each other very much. Yeah, like whenever you're like, oh, I'm a skier and you're talking to a snowboarder, they're like, oh, that's lame, like snowboard. But aren't there mountains that are just, like, skiers? Yeah, there's actually a couple resorts that are just for skiers only, and it's funny, too, because that's been, like, um, I have a couple friends who snowboard, and they're, like, saying, like, that's unfair and all of that, but I'm the skier. I'm just like, well, I mean, like, if you think about it, who gets in more accidents, skiers or snowboarders? Snowboarders, because they're, like, blind on one side. <laughs> True. And, like, and at least in our mountain, I always notice that they sit underneath the knolls. Like, that is probably, like, the most dangerous place you can be. Yeah, and they're <laughs> always hitting people. Oh, I know, right? Like, I know, I think everyone in my family has gotten hit by a snowboarder really? at least once. Oh yeah, my when gosh. I was little, I got hit by a snowboarder, and my dad, like, chased the guy down the mountain and, like, yelled at him. Beat him up. <laughs> <laughs> but, and my mom has, and my dad probably has, and I don't know what Ian. Yeah. So, does your mom ski a lot? Because I remember talking to her. My mom was saying about, like, how Amy, like, she maybe rarely skis, but she can ski. Yeah, my mom, I don't think she grew up skiing or anything, but then my dad grew up skiing, so when they got married, they tried to ski, and then they got divorced, so then she didn't ski, and then she would ski, like, here and there. I think I remember skiing with her, like, twice, maybe. Um, And then she was mountain biking and, like, tore her ACL, I think. Did something to her knee Mm. that I think would make it hard for her to ski. So she hasn't skied in, like, five years. Wow. But my dad skis. That's nice. So you have your brother and your dad. Yeah, I have my brother and my dad. And my mom does other things. So with your brother, since he's been... He continued racing longer than you did. How is it like skiing with him? Because I know it can be kind of intimidating sometimes to be skiing with, like, all of those racer kids. Yeah, they're really, like, they act really, like, cool and tough. But then you, like, talk to them, and they're still, like, little babies. <laughs> and so immature. Um, but ski he's such a good skier. Like... Everyone's like, Ian is such a good skier, and he's really fast, and I'm not really intimidated to ski with him just because he's my brother, but he definitely, like, rubs it in my face. He's like, I'm such a good skier. Like, I'm so much faster than you, Abby. I'm like, cool. You're like, cool, whatever. I really don't care. we don't don't really ski together that much because he's always, like, practicing with his teammates or skiing with his friends, so. Yeah. So, like, on a rare occasion, let's say, like, maybe, like, like Christmas and all that, do you, is that when you guys all ski together yeah, as a family? Yeah, like, on holidays, we like to go ski. Like, my dad and I were actually talking about that yesterday. We're like, we love skiing on Christmas. Like, there's not as many people. And, like, the past few Christmases, there's been powder days, which is really fun. But, yeah, we ski on Christmas, and it's a really good time. Yeah, I feel like all the families do that, too, on Christmas. Yeah, like, all the locals do that. Yeah. And then we still have 
tourists definitely around Christmas yeah. time for sure. They come out later though. Like, yeah. I think they do Christmas like before. My family usually does it after we ski. Same with mine. Yeah. Halloween yeah. is gonna be so weird this year. I feel like. I know. I feel like I don't know how they're gonna do it. Oh, I know. It's like, what are they gonna do? Like, leave like all the candy out and like basket and just say take one because that never works i would assume yeah kids like older kids will come by and dump it yeah my friend's mom bought like this long tube to like put the candy down and like slide into their basket (laughs) oh that's awesome (laughs) yeah and my mom and i were thinking people could wear gloves to like hand the candy out and kids could wear masks maybe that's true and people handing out candy the only problem is too is like I remember from, like, all the years that I trick-or-treat, it's, like, people would come in swarms. So, it's, like, yeah. that's going to be, like, you kind of have to be, like, one at a time almost. Yeah. And everybody knows little kids do not like to wait in line. And I'm sure there's going to be parents who won't let their kids go trick-or-treating. And maybe they'll just buy them candy or something. Probably, yeah. I know. It's so weird. Yeah. My mom goes, I'm just going to turn off the lights and pretend I'm not home so I don't have to deal with it. <laughs> Just be like, go camouflage. It's like, yeah, and my dad's not even going to be home, so I don't think we're really, like, worrying about it this year. But Yeah, for sure. And you don't get trick-or-treat. No, yeah, I live... So both my parents live in places that, like, nobody comes in our neighborhood that's, like, super private. Like, it's crazy. Like, we have so, we have a neighbor, but we didn't know they moved until, like, a year later when they actually moved. <laughs> that's all, like, private, like, neighborhoods that I live in, at least. Yeah. Versus you, you've always been in a neighborhood. Yeah, like, especially like a around. ton of trick-or-treaters. Exactly, yeah. Like, so I live... My dad's house is by Rio Vista. And my mom's old house is by Rio Vista, which is, like, in Durango. That's, like, the Halloween, like... Hotspot. Hotspot, yeah. So we always got a ton of trick-or-treaters from that. But... Up where my mom lives now, we don't have a ton. And where my dad lives, we don't have a ton either, which is kind of nice. Yeah. Like, do you, when you were younger, too, um, did you ever have, like, like, I remember what I used to do is I used to count my candy after when I got done to trick or treat. Did you ever do it, like, kind of, like, have a competition between you and your friends, like, who got the most candy? Um, I don't ever remember, like, counting it but I would sort it into like all the different types oh my like God, that's funny I'd have like Hershey's <laughs> chocolate and then like reset like sort it all out and then Such sometimes the we would trade candy <laughs> we're like I'll give you a Snickers if you give me a Tootsie Roll it's like I think yeah, that's good I don't even I think my favorite candy used to be a Snickers but now really? I don't really like them yeah what do you think is your least favorite Halloween candy um, probably like, what are the jawbreakers? Maybe. Oh yeah, I always. Those used are to... so gross. They literally don't taste like anything. No, and I don't know about you, but like I have, I don't know. Like, <laughs> I think I was five when I choked on a hard candy, and I've been like terrified of hard candies ever since. <laughs> so I don't know. What do you feel about like hard candies? Because I mean, like I know some of them are like, oh yeah, they're great. Some of them are like, yeah, no, they are, um, suck. I like mints and like those hard caramels sometimes but i would prefer like just a piece of chocolate i guess and like other sweets like i don't really love candy as much as i would like want a piece of pie i guess yeah so you would like choose like if someone put in front of you like a candy bar or like a brownie like you would probably go for the brownie yeah 
I want a brownie now. <laughs> I want to go get one after this interview. At like 11. And yeah, you know what? It's never too early for a brownie. It's always brownie time somewhere. Yes. Our moms are really close friends. Yeah, <laughs> and they're it's... Like best. They're cl- together right together, now. Together, yeah, exactly. Yeah. They're at the condo right now, like cleaning while we're doing this because we told them to stay away <laughs> yeah we're like we don't want you here get out of here i pulled up and my mom's car was here i'm like why is she here <laughs> like this early in the morning <laughs> like what is she doing here now yeah i'm like um it's like 10 in the morning yeah and they've been friends for so long that it's so funny when they get together like <laughs> like we've we been play. camping together <laughs> we've been like cards against humanity together which i know a lot of you are like why do you play cards against humanity with your parents it's like well i feel like our moms are different than yeah most pa- yeah parents like they don't think it's weird when we put down like a weird <laughs> car so, yeah. and then we play with your brother and they don't seem to mind that at all and he is a lot younger than both of us too as well so yeah it's fun <laughs> We always do it on Christmas. That's another thing we do on Christmas. We like ski, open presents, and then we usually have like dinner together and play cards against humanity. That seems like that's like the one of the most popular like party games to play, at least card wise, I think. Yeah. Otherwise, maybe it's like Uno or something. I'm not sure. My favorite scat, which most people don't know. Yeah. She just recently taught me and she kicked my. But like one of the, <laughs> the first round oh, I think yeah, we played. Oh yeah, did so good when we were playing out there like a yeah. few months ago. Oh, my God. It's funny too, and we're playing with like grown adults. We're not playing with like <laughs> kids our age. Yeah. So there's definitely a lot more like let's just say cussing. That's <laughs> <laughs> so funny. It is so funny though. Oh my God! And another thing too that happens is like my mom. She'll think her card is funny, so she'll start like laughing as she's putting it down. When she doesn't win, she gets, like, so mad. She's like, what? I thought that was funny. It's like, you don't laugh when you put down your card. That's, like, it's kind of like your poker face. It's like... Yeah. So. God. <laughs> and then apparently they're planning, like, this big giant road trip this oh, coming yeah. summer. <laughs> How yeah, do you feel about that? <laughs> um, I'm excited to... I feel like it'll be a really, like, so many memories because... It's going to be crazy. Oh, my God. Lori is, like, (laughs) such a crazy driver. Oh, my God. And then your mom in, like, the passenger seat. Oh, my God. I can just see that. Yeah, and they want to rent, like, a van. I think so. Like, like those those moving vans. Like, have you ever seen the movie RV with Robin Williams? What? Maybe. Oh, my God. You have to watch it. It's so funny. But it's kind of like a motorhome that they want to rent. Yeah. And drive all the way to Michigan. I know. I'm like, that's a long ways. I know. I was like, I'd rather just fly and then drive to the cabin. Like, that's like, I feel like, because like, how are you actually about flying? Because I know some people are like, they do not like flying. Flying's okay. Or they'd rather drive. Would probably rather fly. It's just a lot faster. Oh, I know, right? The airports are really annoying. Oh, I know. And I can't even imagine with like COVID what's going on with flying and stuff. Oh, I know, right? Like, wearing your mask the whole flight, which is understandable, but... Yeah, but... Like, that'd be yeah. a lot. Yeah. Before COVID, I think one of the main things I don't like about airports is security. Yeah. It is so long. And then now we're at the age where we have to take off our shoes. Because I remember, like, being a little kid, you can just, like, walk through it and be like, all right, you're good. Like, come on. Yeah. So. And my parents, every time we go, always get, like, 
padded down because <laughs> <laughs> like one time my mom didn't take off her belt or something and they like freaked out and we're like patting her down oh my god but yeah i've never gotten beeped at but are we like old enough to get padded down i don't know that's a that's a good question um or do you have to be 18? Well, they have to pat you down. Yeah, either way, if you set off an alarm. Like, I know, and I think that's sometimes unfair for people who are, like, who have hip replacements or knee replacements because they're always going to set off the alarm because of that metal that they yeah. have. And they're going to be like, I, I just have a metal knee. It's like, so. Yeah. I used to be always scared going in the one. Have you ever been the one where you stand and you have to, and it swirls around you and it's just like. I think I have that Yeah. That one. It was so funny. When I was. Literally, I would, like, freak out, like, just even going through the rock. I was like, am I going to set it off? What's going to happen? Yeah. So. Yeah, I feel like I haven't been to an airport in so long. I know, right? It's crazy. Like, and airports are so big, too. I don't know. It's just, like, I think it's, it's one of the places you can easily get lost, besides malls, I feel like. Yeah. Or, like, grocery stores that you've never been to. Oh, my God. Yeah. It's funny, too. Aaliyah brought up the fact that she doesn't like grocery shopping alone. Like, do you like grocery shopping with somebody, or would you rather go solo? Um, if I'm getting stuff for myself, I like to go alone. But if my mom's like, Abby, can you pick up, like, chicken? Like, she always forgets chicken, I feel like. <laughs> I don't like doing that, because I feel like my parents are really picky about what they buy. Like, especially meat. Like, they'll, like, look through every single, like thing of meat but I don't know like what good meat looks like so I don't know yeah do you eat a lot of meat or um not really no. I feel like I don't eat a ton of meat so you could easily be a veg veg vegetarian maybe yeah you're I am a vegetarian, yes. It's been three months since I've made the big giant switch. The only the other thing, too, too, I was kind of like you. I Like, I didn't eat a lot of meat, so I kind of was like, oh, might as well try it. And, you know, it's good. But it's definitely had some challenges, for sure, because... Yeah. Like, I feel like vegan would be so much harder. I give up to vegans, man, because they, they can't eat anything that's, like, no cheese, no milk. Like, I cannot imagine I living with... cheese. I cannot give oh, up cheese. cheese is so good. But it's expensive. Like, I was looking at the prices, like, sometimes at, like, even Albertsons or something. It's, like, some of this cheese, man, it's, like... Yeah. Like, 13 bucks or something. I was, like, that's crazy. Yeah. Have you, like... Do you like being vegetarian? Um... Or was no. it just for, like, athletic stuff? It was more for athletic stuff at first, but then I realized that, like, I do like it because I think, like, the only meat I ever really ate was chicken. And... After a while, I mean, chicken gets pretty, like, boring because it's, like... Mm -hmm. And nowadays, I think, like, the food industry has gotten a lot better with getting, like, meat substitutes. And, yeah, like, you can... Sure. And there's, like, tofu, too, you can always do. So there's so many different things you can substitute for meat, so... Do your parents, like, make separate meals from you? Or um, do they try to, like, eat vegetarian when yeah. you're with them? My mom tries because she... She's like me, too. She didn't eat a lot of meat, but... Every now and then she goes for like her Euro or her BLT and I have to like sit there and watch her. I'm like, oh, that looks so good, but I can't have yeah. it. Versus my dad, he grew up in like the house where he got like steak and eggs and all that. And so he's not really good about that. So I have to kind of like yeah. make two separate meals with him. So Yeah, that's, that's kind of hard, but yeah. it's nice like being able to choose what you eat. 
all the time, I guess. I know, right? Because it's funny, too, like, because you think when you're younger, like, your parents had to introduce you to every single food group. So it's mm-hmm. like... Yeah. Versus, like, like Leah, she's been vegetarian all her life. So it's like she... It's like, almost like she... Grew up. Yeah, Like, exactly. she doesn't know any different. No, yeah, so... Which is nice. I mean, she gives me good tips and all that, too, as well. That was a nice thing, too. When I turned vegetarian, I knew I had a good friend that's been vegetarian for so long. They're like, so what are, like, your secrets to get all? Yeah, have you seen any, like, differences in biking or anything since you've switched? I've actually taken a break from biking, and I started doing CrossFit. Uh, but this gym, Elite Fitness, it's actually a really cool gym. Um, it's, like, five hours, not five hours, five minutes away from, yeah. like... Yeah, I definitely noticed. It's funny, too, because I watched this documentary on Netflix called Game Changers, and it was all about how, like, being a vegetarian or vegan can actually make you a better athlete because of how much, like, greens you're taking in, and, like, in the greens, like, you have so much more vitamins, and, like, it just expands your life, apparently, a lot longer than meat eaters do, so. Hmm. Interesting. Yeah, maybe check that out for you. (laughs) Yeah, and you don't drink, like... Regular milk or anything, do you? No, I pretty much all I drink is water and maybe sometimes kombucha. So, yeah, I don't like, I'm not supposed to drink regular milk and I don't like it. People that drink like a whole glass of milk. Uh, I think like ever since I was little too, I never liked regular milk. Yeah, I don't think like I, I always had like a gag reflex when I tried it. I was like, mm-hmm. yeah, but I do like chocolate milk, which is funny too because it's just like chocolate, chocolate milk. milk is so good. I know. Like, oh. Like, that'd be, like, my recovery drink after, like, a lawn bike race. Yeah. I'd have, like, a cup of chocolate milk or something. Oh, just yeah. so good. Because that's good for you after you yeah, like, work out. Yeah. Now, yeah, do you have, like, a, like, your favorite snack after a cross-country race or something that you like to? Um, not really, but after state, we went to, like, this shopping center, and I was with the bus, so, like. We go to shopping center, centers with, like, a bunch of different, like, restaurant options. And I went to Panera. And I've only been there, like, once with cross-country. But I got mac and cheese and, like, bread and a smoothie. Just and it was so good. That's, like, been the meal highlight of my year. <laughs> mac and cheese. I love mac and cheese. Is that, cheese. like, your guilty pleasure? Like, if you're, yeah. like, oh. I The box ones, though, I'm, like... Not a huge fan of. Yeah, you like kind of like homemade mac and cheese. Like really good mac and cheese. Fancy mac and cheese? Would you want like truffles on top of it or something? Yeah. (laughs) Nice. We're actually out of time. Uh, thank you so much for coming on the podcast, Abby. It was really fun to talk to you. Thank you for having me. Yes. Bye. Bye. So that concludes the first episode of The Coffee House. I hope everybody enjoyed listening to us and have a good time, because I certainly did. I will see you guys next Wednesday. Goodbye, everybody, and have a great rest of your day.